Hello, Beyond the Mass listeners. Jeremy here. The ANA Foundation is planning another great fundraising event, and you won't even have to leave the comfort of your home to attend. Treasure Island, a virtual event for CRNAs and SRNAs, will be an online event featuring live and pre-recorded fun, information, recognition, and education presented by and for CRNAs and SRNAs. We set sail to Treasure Island on Sunday, August the 16th, and content will be available throughout August and September. Tickets are $100 for CRNAs and $25 for SRNAs. You can purchase your tickets today at www.aanafoundation.com and designate Treasure Island Ticket. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. The history of the nurse anesthesia profession suggests that regardless of the challenge or crisis facing it, the right person at the right time with the right message was chosen by the membership to lead. This segment of our podcast is entitled The Courage to Lead. We are pleased to highlight some of these contemporary visionary leaders. We want to express gratitude to all and give encouragement to those that will accept the challenge in the future. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. My co-host is Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, past president of the AANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles in the association. Our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs. We recently went on a podcast recording blitz at the ANA meeting in Chicago. We conducted lots of interviews with some of the industry's most interesting people. Well, Sharon, we're back again. (laughs) We've done a lot of work here in the Windy City. It's like a reoccurring theme for the past couple of days. Well, taping 18 podcasts in two days um, at the AANA Annual Congress. Yeah, and we're excited for the CE series and, and this presidential series that was kind of your baby and you you kind of invented this well you know i've I've always believed that we need to look in the rear view mirror just a little bit to look forward and so who better to talk to than past leaders of our association i think that's great and with us this morning is dr cheryl nemo good morning how are you good morning doing well we're glad to have you and cheryl you were president 2016-2017. That's correct. I was. Why don't you tell folks that might not know all about you, a little bit about you and your background and where you're at now. Because you said a few minutes ago you've been on a conference call since uh, 6 a.m. with some clinical issues. So So I started out as a regular run-of-the-mill staff CRNA. I've been 
doing anesthesia for 40 years. I progressed to becoming the chief of a fairly large department some years ago, got my master's degree in health administration, and um, was one of the few people in the department that knew how to work the numbers and the budget, and I think that's what they were looking for to be the department director. After that, I started getting involved in some of the regional organizations, and uh, New England Assembly is a six-state group that we put on educational conferences, and it's very business-type oriented because you have to make a profit to continue. And so I found myself involved with them for about 10 years, and from there, I went to the State Association in Rhode Island, where I've lived for 33 years, and became president, was president three times. And I want to say, it's not because I was so popular, it's because (laughs) there weren't anybody else. Nobody else wanted to do it, huh? You did it by default. It was by default, at least once. So, and from being president, I was elected to the board. I will say, that the first time out I didn't win, but I tried again and got elected to the board my first time in 2009 as Region 1 Director, and have been on the board pretty much the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've held every office on the AANA board, and also during that time I went to Northeastern and got my DMP. So it's been an interesting run. I've been involved in education the last seven years and last fall became the program director at the University of New England in Portland, Maine. So that's a brand new experience for me. And like you said earlier, it is a 24-7 job. Sure, sure, you're making me tired already. Uh, hey, listen, you don't even know the half of it. I've served on boards with Cheryl, and she is one of the most prepared board members I have ever served with. She is a Clydesdale. She's a workhorse, and you think you're tired just listening? You ought to see her in action. Always, ultimately prepared. One of the top five people I have ever ever served on a board of directors with she's phenomenal Sharon you're way too kind but well I don't get accused of that very often (laughs) (laughs) so why don't we talk about your year as AANA president and let's talk about some of the things that happened whenever you were president well that was one of the most memorable years of my life to this point to this point we were in Washington, D.C., the year that I became president. It was a big highlight for me because at the banquet that year, and because we were in Washington, D.C., and because I have such a close relationship with the congressmen and senators from my state and have for a long time, one of my congressmen came to the banquet. Isn't Um, that cool? We have never had a federal official come to a banquet for a president and so I was quite honored a lot of people were very surprised it was a big deal so we had the banquet what on Tuesday night Mm -hmm. and Wednesday morning I got up because we were having joint committee conference immediately following that year and I was presented with the audio digest letter that went out to all the 
ASA members and physicians, but also went to a group of CRNAs by accident that assured the physicians that Audio Digest would not be providing CRNA lecturers in their offerings anymore. And they were apologizing to the physicians for giving them such a um, low quality lecture. And that was the first thing that I was presented with. Obviously, we had CRNA members who were irate. I don't blame them. I was irate also. And the general counsel, Mark Silberman, and I sat down and drafted a letter immediately. I don't remember all of the letter except that we did say that we needed to focus on the extent of the care that we were giving instead of the, and the quality of the care instead of the degree of the professional. So we emailed that immediately to the head of Audio Digest, and by the end of the day, he was on the phone to me trying to backpedal. And I told him that most of my members would not be buying his product anymore. Their product is not cheap. It's about $1,000 a year. I told him we had money to spend on CEUs, but we weren't going to be spending it with his company. That was three years ago, and I still think they have suffered financially from that because he did refuse to apologize. So that was number one. And that was your welcome aboard. Hello there. That's right. It's always a fire. There's a fire that comes in and derails you, but I guess the urinates need to know still, don't buy Audio Digest. Yeah. I know there were some CRNAs that when the uh, mailers came to them at their homes, they would be filling the response envelope with all kinds of stuff and sending it back because the company had to pay the postage. <laughs> and so it would be really thick and heavy, and they, they were like making them pay for that. I, just, I think I still get those I mailings. still do too, and mm. I just shred them. But So that's an issue. They've never apologized. Now they have a separate lecture series for CRNAs. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Oh, really? We give different things whenever we give anesthesia, right? That's right. Our drugs are different. Yes. Everything is different. We do everything different. Not that the standard of care is the same, no matter who is standing at the head of the bed and physiology stays the same. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? So what else happened during your year? Well, you know, and you know Sharon is a past president, or as we say, former Former. president. Don't want to be called past. That sounds like you're dead. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what kind of agenda you go into your year with. You might be able to get some of those things accomplished, but the rest of the fires are coming. And so you, you can be as prepared as you want to be. As Sharon said, I was one of the most prepared board members she ever worked with, and I was prepared except not for all of these things that happen. Those are all, um, how agile are you? How flexible are you? Can you deal with people calling you at midnight? Can you deal with, you would get up in the morning and check your phone and here's 10 more things. And you know, and I worked a full-time job while I was president, mm-hmm. so. It was not the easiest thing. I didn't sleep a lot that year. The next thing was the VA issue. We were still working, I think that was year number three, to try to get the VA to grant us full scope of practice. They had come out with 
an initial ruling. They did give us another comment period. We tried again with our letter writing, etc. But I knew in my heart the day that it was in January and I was getting ready to leave for the airport to go somewhere again and I had CNN on and they announced that Dr. David Shulkin was going to be the head of the VA and I knew right then we were done because he was in the ASA pocket. He had said that he was a doctor and that we weren't going to get it because he was a doctor. That was the reasoning he used. He didn't need any other reasonings or studies, etc. So that was a real disappointment to me. I kind of felt like I had been a failure at that. And I know a lot of members kind of held me responsible for that. And I take accountability because I was president at the time. But it was a three-year process. And I just think the deck was really stacked against us with him in there. So that, that was the next issue. The next issue that we had come up like a month after that was Wanda Wilson, our CEO, came to me at the Assembly of School Faculty in February and informed me that she was going to retire at the end of the fiscal year in September. I had had an inkling that that might happen, and Juan had had, Juan Quintana, the president before me, had had an inkling, and we had looked together at our policies, and there was nothing in place for what to do if you know, a CEO quit, if they retired, if they got sick, if they were on an extended leave or whatever, that we had no game plan. So Dr. Quintana started it in his year and I finished it in my year, the um, policies of how to go about replacing a CEO, whether temporarily or for permanent reasons. And we had just finished the board making all of those policy changes um, like at the board meeting at Assembly of School Faculty and about a day later Dr. Wilson came and told me of her intentions. Well at least the timing was good. Oh yes I was glad she she waited till we were done. Thank Um, you Wanda. And so we put that into place. There was a lot of discussion and member what would you call it, Sharon? Unrest. That's a good word. Unrest about the process, about how we came to those policies, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody wanted a say in the matter, and the bylaws say that the board chooses. We did eventually have a search committee where we included members on the search committee that were not on the board. So we had two up-and-coming future leaders. We had two former AANA presidents. Um, and all of those individuals were chosen not by me, but by the board members themselves. I didn't have a vote in anything. And we did end up eventually with a really good selection, Dr. Andy Moore. But it was, I would never have thought that choosing a replacement CEO would be so controversial. Now, you hired a separate company to do the CEO search. So before, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I know that you did your homework. I know you so very well in that regard. But whenever we chose Wanda Wilson 
it was a committee within the organization. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I had had these conversations and you know, we knew that this was coming down the pike and, and we figured it was going to be during your year. And you were adamant the whole time that this would be a separate company and that's what they do. Yes. Is place CEOs in large companies all across the United States. Yes. We I was very interested and um adamant about having an outside headhunter slash search firm do the search for us prior when we looked for dr wilson the board appointed a search committee and it was all crnas and while some crnas are skilled and talented at finding that kind of talent that's not part of our educational process and many of us have not hired a person for anything so being such a such an important position i wanted to have a skilled firm that that's what they did for a living we interviewed three or four search firms the search committee narrowed it down and selected one out of it and presented that search committee that search firm to the board the search firm, while they are expensive, they all were about the same price. This one guaranteed us that any candidate they presented us with would be able to fulfill the job for two years. Not just everybody else was guaranteeing their candidates for one year. And they said, we guarantee them for two years, and that's if you fire them. If they leave, whatever, before the two years is up, we will do the next search for free. That's so, interesting. I didn't know that piece. A, a lot of the search firms will give you a guarantee, but it depends what the guarantee is. The search firm had excellent credentials and recommendations, and so they interviewed either by phone or um, I think a couple of them got video interviews all of the candidates that applied people thought I had a dog in the fight and I tell you unless somebody told me they applied I had no idea who applied because the search firm did not release the list of names to me or anybody else now I know and I hope you feel comfortable with this conversation I know there were there was a lot of unrest Mm -hmm. among members there were a lot of misconceptions about how this went now help me out here up to half of your board of directors theoretically if you would have had everybody resign that put in for the ceo position you would have lost half your board of directors and tell me a little bit more about that. well maybe not that many but a lot but quite a few they wouldn't the our lawyer wouldn't even let us go after we went hot air ballooning the girls on the board and we had that crash you know we got a good talking to because half of the board could have died in that hot air ballooning crash did you run out of hot air (laughs) not not (laughs) not on that one but i mean you've got to think about it what if you lose a portion of your board of directors so so cheryl talk about that so what Sharon is referring to is the conflict of interest policy that had been in effect that said 
if you are on the board and you wanted to apply for a position at the AANA for employment, that you had to either resign your position from the board or have been off the board for a period of time before you could apply. And so that that policy was made known to me. I had known about it, but the lawyer and Wanda had showed me that. And when we were doing all the policies, not afterwards when we were looking for people. So I brought that up to the board and the board started looking around at each other thinking, well, you know, if this happens in the future and I'm here, I might want to apply. And I think we counted at least three or four of the current board members at the time that would be considered eligible to be on that application process. And so the board themselves made the motion to disregard that policy and do away with that for jobs or the CEO position. And they voted for it. I Well, the president doesn't have a vote, no. only in a tie. People don't seem to understand that. And there that. was no tie. It was unanimous. Vote. Well, isn't so, that interesting? Yes, it was a unanimous <laughs> vote that they all agreed to suspend that policy. Well, considering in light of what just happened at our business meeting regarding advisory votes, you would have had to, that would have been a third of your board would have been gone and you basically would have had to have a whole new election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, has it been two years? Has Randy been here two years yes. now? Okay, so you're you're past the two-year period. I do notice every time I see Randy at a meeting, his hair's getting grayer and grayer Uh, and grayer. (laughs) Well, that happens even to AANA presidents, and we're just here for a year. My hair started turning white. Whenever I was mine it's, started it's falling out. I've known you. No, it is not. It was blonde. Now it's white. <laughs> mine fell out, <laughs> and it took a whole year to get it to grow back in afterwards. You're the only one, I think, besides Jim Walker, who got skinnier as the year went on. Well, Janice, Janice, I, I didn't Janice have time there. to eat. Yes. Well, that's all so. I did was eat. I think. <laughs> um, so the we we were successful in finding a good CEO I believe Um, so far he's proven to be a a good choice yep absolutely just a quick interruption on today's show for a special message from Jeremy and Sharon well Sharon you know I think we have one more thing in common oh my lord what is it this time Jeremy well you know it's something that you've been involved with your whole career and supported your whole career and as you know I am now a trustee of the ANA Foundation. Well, congratulations. They yeah. couldn't have picked a better man. Well, thank you. Thank you. I hope I can add a little bit of value anyway. But as part of that, Beyond the Mask is trying to do our part and support the foundation as well. Absolutely. We should. Yeah. And the foundation is planning another great fundraising event, but unfortunately... Oh, it's got to be virtual, I'm, I'm guessing. Yep. Uh, Thank you, COVID. So uh, no San Diego event this year. But we're planning, I think, a wonderful event for CRNAs and SRNAs and who can participate from their own home. Well, that should be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun event. Uh, It's going to be online. We're going to have live and pre-recorded fun and content. There's going to be information, uh, recognition, and even education presented by CRNAs and SRNAs around the country. And 
I think Beyond the Mask might even provide some content. I believe so. And we're going to have a mystery guest with us in our virtual room. Mm-hmm. I think people will find this mystery guest interesting. I, I think so. So how do you get a ticket, Jeremy? So you can go to the website, uh, www.aanafoundation.com. The event's going to be on Sunday, August the 16th. But since this is a virtual event, it's actually going to be recorded and the content's going to be available through August and September. But we're going to be live. We will be live. There's going to be several aspects of the event that will be live and some recorded. Um, I've never done anything like this before, so I'm excited. I am excited too. Yeah. And so are you going to dress like a pirate? Ooh, that would be fun. What would you be? <laughs> a winch for sure. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> so, um, I, I, Captain Stanley. Yeah. And, you know, tickets, obviously, this is a fundraiser for the foundation. Mm-hmm. So, the tickets for CRNAs are going to be $100 a piece, which okay. is a deal yes, to support the foundation. And for SRNAs, they're going to be $25 a piece. All right. So we just want to encourage our listeners to make sure you're supporting the ANA Foundation and all the great work the foundation does. Go out and buy a ticket. Show up on the 16th and participate with your other colleagues. We'll be there. Yes, we will. All right. Thanks, Jeremy and Sharon. Let's get back to today's show. After that, shortly after that, in March, the Novitas issue came up where Novitas decided they weren't going to pay our CRNAs to do pain management. Novitas, I believe, had CMS contracts in, I want to say, at least 13 states, but don't quote me on that number because I don't remember, including the VA, the Indian Reservation, Reservation, the Indian Health Service, I believe it's called. And um, this was a problem. We had talked to Novitas multiple times prior to this. They had delayed their ruling, and then finally their ruling came out, or it was going to come out in a few weeks. We were in D.C. for the mid-year meeting. We went and had a meeting with CMS. We told CMS that they needed to intervene. They needed to intervene before the ruling was released in like four days or ten days, whatever the timing was. Or we were going to sue both them and Novitas. And we had already prepared the lawsuit before we went to D.C. And in fact, I showed the lawsuit, the papers, to the members at D.C. and said, if CMS is not helpful to us on Tuesday or whatever day during that meeting that we were going, that we had someone in Chicago at the Cook County Federal Courthouse ready to file the um, lawsuit immediately. CMS was not helpful. They told us they couldn't do anything for us at all, and certainly not in the time frame that we gave them, and we said fine. So we filed lawsuit. Wow. Sounds like you had just a little bit going on, and I know we're just getting little snippets of it, but I I think about all these things that you've talked about. Every single one of these are major issues. Mm -hmm. Right, and unexpected. Yeah, unexpected. And not even including the day-to-day stuff and everything else you had to go along with. So Yeah, well, well, while we were dealing with this, we were dealing with all the regular work that right. the board takes care of. You right. know, funding to small states, SRF funding, the budget. 
Yeah. Uh, and all the other initiatives that we have going, going on yeah. right. at the time. Right. Uh, you know, you're basically a fireman. You're putting out fires that pop up all the time in addition to all the other work. I don't think that the, your average CRNA out there who's really not involved understands the scope of this. So I think this is good that we're we're doing this, Sharon. It's a great idea. Well, we sit here, and as we're talking, I watch your eyes keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> well, you know what I'm thinking in the back of my mind? You know, I guess everyone rises to occasions, but I'm thinking, could I do this? That That's that's what I'm looking at. Could I do this? And Well, I have to say, in the months before I took office and I was president-elect, I did go to Sharon and say, I can't do this. Mm. And I said to Dr. Quintana, I don't know if I can do this. It is, you think you can do it. And then right before it starts, it's very scary. (laughs) It gets real. And, but I had a lot of support. There were a lot of people, I didn't do it alone. Um, I had the rest of the board for the most part. I had the staff, which was fabulous. If I called... They would help me immediately, give me what I needed. Chris Betton was outstanding because while all of this is going on, they are scheduling you for interviews, media release pieces, etc. And so he would give me the background information on who was going to interview me, what their agenda might be. Mm. And so I would walk into every one of those or on the phone I already kind of had an idea of where they were going to go, except for one. And I was with the Army in San Antonio, and I had a... Oh, at the Army Bowl? Yeah, I loved it. Isn't um, that fun? I was the first president to go down there. It's amazing. They are great. But I had a scheduled phone interview with, and I don't remember the... um, the the outlet at this point in time. It was a medical journal or medical news bulletin or something like that. And the interviewer started the conversation with so isn't all this just a turf war between you and the physician that was the opening (laughs) salvo and I kind of thank God for the media training took a deep breath and calmed myself (laughs) down when what I really and didn't say what I wanted to say but what I said was no we don't believe it's a turf war we're not interested in a turf war. We're interested in making healthcare patient centric. Mm. Nice, great safe. response. Wow. So, yeah. Well, Cheryl, with all this going on, you know, what are some of the most valuable leadership lessons that you learned during your time as A and A president? Probably the first one is prepare yourself, and that doesn't mean prepare yourself to be the one in the spotlight all the time because as Sharon can probably attest I'm not real comfortable always in the spotlight but prepare yourself know what you're talking about for heaven's sake do your homework a lot of people just think they can get up and talk ad lib and they don't have a clue look at the history of things when someone's coming with a new and quote a new initiative Find out if it's been tried before. So I would say do your homework. And if it's been tried before, it doesn't mean you can't try it again, but find out what they did wrong and don't repeat the mistakes. Mm -hmm. After being prepared, I would say be prepared to give up most, if not all, of your personal life for the time that you're there 
because if the member selected you, you belong to them. That is absolutely true. My wow. kids used to come to the annual meeting and they would say, Mom, we do not get to see you. We don't get to talk to you. That's right. You don't because I'll get to see you when I get home. Yeah. I belong to these people. Mm-hmm. They elected me. They own me. And it is one of the most amazing opportunities you'll ever have in your life. Mm-hmm. And it is a highlight. It, it, it most definitely is. And it's an honor. It most definitely is an honor. The other piece of advice I would give is take two steps backwards and have a long pause before you either respond or do anything and reconsider what you're going to say, how you're going to react, what you're going to suggest before you actually do it. What I see happening in our association now is a lot of knee-jerk impulsive responses to something someone or subgroup A thinks is not fair, oh, we can fix this, etc. They haven't done their due diligence. And as somebody said at the business meeting yesterday, we want chaos to ensue Mm. and we want to blow things up. You are going to spend more time energy and money trying to rebuild or repair what you blew up than you would if you just isolate what's wrong and fix that so iraq's a perfect example of that i would say (laughs) but you are a very thoughtful leader cheryl i watched you and you do exactly what you say except if i get mad (laughs) But you step well. That's a yeah. But then you, know. you respond, not react. Yes, and that's right. something that a Very, lot of people need to learn. Right, you're right. All right, Cheryl. So, if you were not a CRNA, what is another profession that you would have chosen? Actually, I had two other choices in my life before I ever went to nursing school. The first one was I wanted to be a lawyer. And not surprised. My <laughs> father said at the time, and remember. This was in the 60s, because I'm up there in years. He said, women can't be lawyers. So that's not one of your choices. Well, they couldn't run marathons either till what, 1972? And, and, and I said, <laughs> okay. So then my second choice was I wanted to design clothes, because I had been sewing since I was four years old, and I could make anything out of nothing and didn't need a pattern and... The and whole, I still come to Cheryl for the whole business for fashion and, advice. <laughs> and um, my mother said, oh, no, you're not going into that business. So I said, well, what's left? And they said, you can be a teacher or you can be, be a, a nurse. nurse. And we had a lot of medical people in my family. We had female doctors, you know, so I could have done that if I wanted to. And. I said, well, I'm not real fond of little kids, so I guess I'll be a nurse. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's where I ended up. And actually, I did not enjoy nursing per se until I became a critical care nurse and then went into anesthesia. But I went into anesthesia accidentally. It was serendipity. Because one of my coworkers said to me one day, Cheryl, you and I should go to anesthesia school. And there was a school there at the hospital. And I said to her, I thought you had to be smart to do that. 
she smacked me upside the head and said, we are, and we applied and got in. Who was that? Her name is Julia Yaryan, and she's, I think she has retired by now, but she's still in Missouri, um, where we went to school. And um, yeah, so yeah. it's interesting, but you know, it is. if I and wasn't I'm, a CRNA, I'd probably be doing one of those two things. Or being a gardener. I mean, I know you love to garden, and your your garden is beautiful. <laughs> well, Cheryl, you know, this has been enlightening. I mean, it just kind of reiterates to me the magnitude of what you guys give up, but you also get. And I think that's the key that you'd like to get across today is you're giving up some things, but you're gaining so much more by, by being a and a president. One of the best things that I gained, and I do have to admit that it's personal, and that is all of the people that I've met, the contacts, the deep friendships. It's interesting because sometimes you go into a situation and you've only like seen somebody or heard about them and you're kind of not sure. And then they end up being a very close friend and colleague. Those kinds of connections are immeasurable, and you can't develop those in, I believe, any other profession. Well, that would describe us, Cheryl. That's right. Yeah. We didn't like each other when we first met each other. You know, it's funny because I'm, sit- I'm sitting here, and I know Sharon pretty well, and I'm looking at your personality, and I think they probably didn't care for each other in the beginning. That's funny yeah. you said that because it's, I can just It's true, but you know what? Yeah. We put all of that aside, yeah. and I admired Cheryl for her work ethic. Yeah. And then after that admiration piece began, then just like a marriage, you you found ju- commonality. We did, and yeah. then we then we loved each other. And then you had a bottle of wine together, and it was all good from there, right? A bottle. I mean, just well. once. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but the, but uh, when you when you're when you're in the trenches together, oh yeah, and you know, I would be in a trench with Cheryl. I really yeah. would because I knew that she would have my back. And I knew that I would be safe. And so Cheryl and I will be friends forever. And I'll go to your funeral. Uh, you know, you know, you know my wishes about that. Me too. That's I have my own specific <laughs> one. Well, and on that note, Cheryl, we want to thank you for being here today. It's been great. And um, Sharon, I, I think that's a wrap. I think it is. Well, thank you so much. You're it's welcome. been great. Well, we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mask with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you're a fan, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate us, leave us a review. But remember, only if it's possible. No negativity. And please share episodes on social media to get the word out. It's a wrap. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. 
or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.